0: Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility To switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders, or having that notebook that says, passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. That's two free weeks at onepasswordcom com slash Productive Convo. Again, onepassword.com/productivecombo. slash Productive Convo. Check out 1Password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com/productivecombo slash Productive Convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. I'm Mike Vardy. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection. Specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations, CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster. It's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy one get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal it's a time and a money saver but most importantly it frees up valuable brain space creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family that's why I do it and that's why plan to eat helps me do it your subscription includes access to the plan to eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android and plan to eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs and you can create a meal plan around your schedule then what happens is the plan to eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan so sign up for your free trial at plan to slash timecrafting that's plan to forward slash timecrafting the coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe it's valid for new customers only give plan to eat a try today and this is the productivityist podcast Welcome to the Productivity's Podcast. This week on the show, you're listening to me, Mike Vardy, the host, talk to Aaron Walker. Aaron is the founder of View From The Top. Head to viewfromthetop.com to, to learn more about that. Of course, you can check out the show notes, but you should listen to the show first because we talk about ambition. We talk about doing all things versus everything. We, we dive into some really great stuff, clarity, uh, so many other great things on this episode. Let's just get into it. Um, Aaron and I've been trying to make this happen for a while. I'm glad we are able to do it. And now I want to share this conversation with you. So here's my conversation with Aaron Walker here on the Productivityist podcast. I'd like to welcome Aaron Walker to the Productivityist podcast. Aaron, thanks for joining me today.
1: Hey, Mike! Thanks for having me on, buddy. I appreciate it. So, you are the author. I mean, you do a lot of things, but
0: I want to focus on, particularly, on the book that uh, today that you've you've written, "View from the Top: Living a Life of Significance." And let's let's dive into. First off, you know why why that title? I mean, I look at the picture and it's like the mountain and all that stuff, but the idea of of view, the view from the top. Why is that such a such a, for lack of a better term, significant title for you in this book?
1: Well, nobody wants a view from the bottom, right? That's that's a very good point. Everybody wants a view from the top. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I've got all the solutions for the view from the top, but I do for myself. And I help and educate and teach people how they can have their view from the top whatever that means to you in living a life of success and significance.
0: So let's, when you're, when you're focusing on things, and I want to talk a little bit about ambition, right? Because that, that to me, when you're talking about getting to the, like having that life of significance, ambition is, is is a part of that. And, I think that ambition can be a, a tricky beast, right? Like I mean, I mean the age old, the age-old story of Macbeth where ambition was ultimately his downfall. H- how do you how do you measure ambition? How do you keep ambition not only in uh you know having ambition for the right things but keeping it in check so that you have a sense of balance as you're moving forward with 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 what you want to do.
1: Yeah, well, that old work-life balance thing is kind of a myth. You have to prioritize your priorities. You know, there's only a certain amount of time. You can't Mm -hmm. manage, you know, anything other than what's important to you. And we do with our actions uh, what's important. And so I just specifically design the life I want to live and say everything else, you know, if I can fit it in, I will. But otherwise, these things are going to get my time. Ambition can be tricky. My friend Seth Bueckley wrote a great book called Ambition. And in that book, he really lays out masterfully how not to let your ego and your pride get in the way to where ambition is a downfall. And he talks very clearly in the book about how that success only comes on the other side of gratitude. And it's something that I've been teaching now for about 17 years is to be grateful. And on the other side of that comes a great measure of success. And so I think you've got to be careful with ambition. Uh, one of the fears that I have in life is being successful at the wrong thing. And so I want to really be sure that I dial in and focus on the things that are important and have a great amount of ambition related to that.
0: Let's let's talk about gratitude. How do you how do you help people and how do you express gratitude? So how do you how do you you know how do you help people? Uh, you know, kind of follow that path as well because it it. it you know, for some people, it can be something that they that they can fall off of. Uh, you know, more often than not,
1: I didn't always feel a sense of gratitude. I felt a great sense of urgency to be highly successful as a young guy. Eighteen, started my own business, sold out at twenty seven to a Fortune five hundred. Went on to build another company, very successful for ten years. And then August first, two thousand one, and you know this story. I was headed to work and ran over and killed a pedestrian. On my way to the office and my life come to a virtual standstill that day. And I started reflecting back thinking, you know, what is my legacy going to be? What am I going to be remembered for? And to make a real long story, real short, I decided to sell the business at 41 years old and take some time off. I took five years off and out of the discovery of that five years, what I came up with Is that I would be recognized and my legacy would have been poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, highly successful at a young age and nobody cares. I mean, that's what I came up with in my mind. And I thought, what can I do in order to change that? And so I had to start focusing outward rather than inward because I was very inward focused. It was about another store, about another successful company, about a place on the beach, a place in the mountains, big house, big car, fancy, you know, is like, well, that's good but nobody cared about that but my family and how was I going to impact the lives of other people. And I started reflecting on all the things that were good in my life. And I became very grateful because life is so fragile. I mean, it can be taken away from us in a nanosecond. Got a good friend that's 56 years old, just diagnosed with stage four cancer. Like a week earlier, they were like, are you kidding me? Like it can happen that fast and not to be morbid, on your show. But the truth is, is most of the time it takes a very, uh, large thing like that to get our attention. And I'm like, I'm out there beating the drum saying, no, don't do that. Design a life. That's proactive. Design a life that you want to live. And when you start thinking about being grateful and we do on a daily basis, I have a journal says between my chair and my wife's and we write in it for things that we're grateful. It changes your mindset and you do things much differently as a result of it. So quite honestly, You know, 16 years now is what I've been teaching, how to be grateful, how to be successful, yet simultaneously being significant. So it's kind of the heartbeat that I've been living by now for almost two decades. Do you journal... uh at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, I know that, I
0: mean, I'm, I'm a night owl. I tend to be the, the guy who journals at the end of the night. How do you How do you keep yeah, that practice? Yeah, morning
1: times. I'm an yeah. early morning. You and I are polar opposites <laughs> because I'm up between four and five every morning, and I've been doing this for decades. I'm very regimented. A lot of people say I'm boring, and that's probably true. I have a very regimented schedule at night before bed. It's a lot easier to get up early than it is to go to bed early, so I start planning my morning Late at night, when I go to bed, not at late at night, I'm in bed by ten ten thirty. But I get up in the mornings and I have a very, very systematic process that I go through. I'm a Christ follower. And so for me, my morning routine involves reading scripture, prayer, praise and worship time, uh, meditating, sitting quietly for about 20 minutes. Uh, It takes an hour to an hour and a half usually to go through my morning routine. And I do that five days a week. I've been doing that for decades now, and it just really gets my mind centered. So when I do journal in my gratitude journal, it's early in the morning.
0: Let's talk about about diving deep into things. Because I think one of the things that you can do, and and you've got a post here, um, which I'm going to share, called All Things Versus Everything. And this is something that I'm really passionate about. Because I think, and you touched on this earlier when we were talking about the idea of priority, is there are so many people, when they feel that they in order to be significant or to live a life of significance that they need to have uh, one of my friends called them like have a bunch of fireworks going off as opposed to being a shooting star. sure, it looks glorious, but it it you know it it eventually peters out and phases whereas a shooting star can go for you know eons until it finally fizzles out normally it's at the end of life when it when a shooting star finally you know crashes and burns but you you've got this about the idea of doing all these things versus everything. How, when, when, you, when you had that that you know that life altering um, incident. Like, did that change that perspective for you as well? Of saying, you know, I I can't be all no. things. Uh, you know, I I need to, I need to be, I need to dig deeper. And one of the quotes you throw in here, which of course I love is to be the best at your craft is you have to be an inch wide and a mile deep. And you reference Cal Newport, a mutual friend of like, he's a friend of mine, um, you know, in in his book, deep work. So let's, let's talk a little bit of deep diving and being, and being better as opposed to trying to do as many things as possible in order to feel or be with that misnomer of being significant.
1: Well, what I found out years ago is that you only have so much bandwidth and you can only do so many things. And in that book, we do talk about being an inch deep and a mile wide versus an inch wide and a mile deep. And what I have found out is the more you can narrow your focus and become that expert, You know, I even talk about it all the time. It's a silly example. But I say, you know, if you go to the heart doctor and he's your podiatrist also, you need to get another heart doctor. It's like, I don't want anybody that works on your feet and your heart. Like, give me the specialist. I want the guy that only knows about my heart. Well, it's the same in our craft. You know, if you're talking to this guy and he's doing 10 different things, he's probably not doing any of them very well. The guys that can really focus and charge the most and be the most beneficial to you are those persons that are an inch wide and a mile deep, right? You don't even have to specialize uh, in 15 things. Only in one or two things. You can make all the money you want. If money is what you're chasing, you can become a specialist in that thing, whatever that is. You can be the category king like they talk about in Play Bigger is what are you the category king of? or What are you even capable of being the category king in? Nothing if you're trying to do 15 different things. You don't have the energy, the bandwidth, prioritizing your priorities. That's the thing. Rory Vaden's got a great book called Procrastinate on Purpose, mm-hmm. and he talks about that at great length. And Rory's a friend of mine. He lives here in Nashville, and it is an amazing book. I've taken all of our masterminds through that book. We've just got to figure out what's important to you. And here's the thing. I go through this exercise And it's called, what do I want? And I wrote a document years ago and I send it out to people all the time. If you want it, you know, just reach out to me. I guess you can put it in the show notes, but there's about 25 difficult questions in there that seem to be very elementary. It's like if there were no geographic limitations or financial limitations on your life tomorrow, what would you do? Most people can't answer that question. They don't know because they're going out there living reactively they're trying to make enough money to pay for things that they've probably leveraged themselves for. And I teach people how to live very proactively, really intentionally, sit on the porch with your spouse and go, how do we want to live our life? And so that's the reason I say you need to be an inch wide and a mile deep.
0: One of the things that I, I found when I was in Nashville, and this is getting a bit more personal, but I, I I, I mean, the great thing about chatting with you, Aaron, is that, and we had a chance to chat briefly we were both kind of all over the place which is kind of funny but we were we were involved in some really deep conversations with a bunch of people while we were at Jeff Goin's tribe conference we kept passing each other like ships in the night uh, so oh we'll talk to you soon we'll talk to you it's now what we're as we're recording this it's about a month and a half later but one of the things that that you know that i i found being at that event is is being surrounded by these people who you could feel this kinship with and i know you i mean Living a, and we talked about this before we start recording. I'm living on an island. There's a few people here that I that that I, I have coffee with regularly that would be very much in the same vein that you know being in Franklin or Nashville where where that would happen. What is it about being around people that that you know that that you feel or that seem and maybe this is maybe this is optics too that are that are living the, like their truth or living you know sig- significant lives that that helps you. Um, kind of continue or even take things to the next level.
1: Well, here's the thing. And I know it's an old quote and everybody quotes it all the time. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time mm-hmm. with. Jim Rohn said that. And there's never been a saying more true. I believe that without a question in the mastermind members uh, that I have been associated with for decades now, you circle around, you build a relationship with those people. They know you inside and out. You can be transparent, totally vulnerable. You can say, Hey, I suck at this, or I'm great at this. and I need help here and I can help you there. And you can just let that veil down. See, most people might don't have that now, right? Isolation is the enemy to excellence, right? And you need to get people around you in order to take you to that next level. And so Nashville is a very unique place. It's kind of a Mecca now for entrepreneurs. People come together. It's the most giving city I've ever been associated with. You know, I'm a veteran to Nashville. I've been here forever. So I've seen it transition, but I've never seen the kindred spirit like it's ever present each and every day around, you know, the Jeff Goins, Jeff and I was friend, you were mentioning Jeff just a minute ago, but they want to help. I've Mm -hmm. never seen a space that people want to help as much connecting, giving relationships, giving resources, making introductions to people. It is absolutely amazing. And that's not, not by accident. It's very intentional that you do that because I believe Adam Grant wrote, givers and takers. I think we got to be givers. I think we got to look outward all the time. Jeff is a prime example. I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago in our mastermind group and he came in. I said, Jeff, you know, when I first met you, I had promoted your stuff for two years before we met because I believed in you. I love what you do. I love your books. And I would do videos. I would do Facebook lives. I would blog about it. And then I reached out two years later and said, Hey, I'm writing a new book called View from the Top. Would you consider endorsing it? And he goes, Are you kidding? What what I consider it? He said, It would be an honor. You know why? Because I invested two years of my life promoting some of his stuff. See, but we get so impatient. We're like, you know, the date. You go up and meet somebody and you want to kiss them on the first date. It's not going to happen. Same <laughs> way in business, right? You go to the door, you knock, you smile, you care flowers, you take them out to dinner, you hold hands, you go to a movie. Maybe you're going to get a kiss, right, on that third day. Same way in business. You've got to get around people. You've got to invest in people. You know, people that I've promoted for years because I believe in their things, now they're inviting me to speak at their events. They're asking me to do Courses, they're asking me to write other books. It's because you invest. Here's the part we forget. People ask me all the time, they'll say, Will you introduce me to this guy? No, I won't. And the reason I won't is because what have you done for them? How have you reached out? How have you helped? See, it's a mindset shift that you've got to get into and focus outward. The natural reciprocity will come back to you 10x. If you will change your mindset, that's the reason it's so important to get people of kindred spirits, same core values, same ideas headed in the same trajectory because you get on, get rid of the naysayers. I told a guy today, I said, you need to change friends. I'll Mm -hmm. just be honest with you because they're dragging you down. They're squelching your creativity because all they do is tell you, you can't do this. And the more you're around that, the more you're going to believe it. You need to read mindset by Carol Dweck or read Gay Hendricks book, uh, the big leap you need to push through these upper limit challenges and see it and then you can achieve it
0: i want to talk about a couple more things really quickly but you brought a word up that uh, that that i want to touch on because you don't seem to be again your demeanor uh you know kind of belies the fact that like you say no more probably than you would than than i would think you seem like very you know um i mean there's a difference between positive and saying no right? i mean you can be positive about saying no how do you because in order to, you know, live a life of significance, you and we talked about doing everything versus doing, you know, the, the right things. How do you say no in a way that that is you kind of feeling good about saying no without feeling like you're you're ticking somebody off or that you're alienating them? Like there's got to be a way that I mean, you, this is something you probably have thought about and worked towards.
1: Well, here's the thing. In order to live a life proactively and design the life that you Mm -hmm. want to live, you have to say no a lot. Mm -hmm. I used to tell my kids, no is a complete sentence. Like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Or no, I won't participate. Or no, I won't allow myself to do that. We've designed our life as such to where I literally have a Google document with the things that I'm going to do every quarter, a quarter ahead. So I know the books I'm going to read, the people I'm going to interview. I know the themes I'm going to do. I have the blog titles for 90 days out. I know that we do three a week. I know the blog. I know where I want to go. And then when the shiny objects come along, I look on my plan and go, it's not on here. Mm -hmm. We do the 12-week year. Brian Moran wrote the 12-week year book. Great book. I suggested highly. I've taken many, many people through that process. It works. Mike, it's not that hard to be successful personally and professionally. We need to get focused and we need to implement. See, a guy told me at dinner the other night and he looked at me kind of funny. He goes, there's great power and wisdom. And I said, no, there's not. And he looked at me and his partner that knows me, looked at me, he goes, oh my gosh, where's this going? I said, There's power in the execution of wisdom. You can know anything you want, but without execution, it's useless. Yeah. And guys, you don't need to read another book. You need to do. You need to implement Brian Moran's 12-week year and start doing these tasks each and every day. Say no to a lot of things, really focus in on a couple of things that are important. And if you do it repetitively day in and day out, you hold yourself accountable, you get accountability partners, you're going to crush it. But the thing is, is we don't write it down. We don't have a plan. The shiny objects come along and you say, yes, uh, yeah, Mike, it's not hard to say no, buddy. You got to design your life intentionally and then it's pretty easy to do and do it with tact. Bob Berg is an amazing guy. He's a good friend of mine. He can say no more tactful than anybody I've ever met. <laughs> He's written some great books. Say, I wish that I could do this. It's an honor that you're asking me to do this, but quite honestly, my schedule don't allow it presently. And maybe check back with me next quarter. I would love to consider that. So the Go Giver, which is one of his yeah. books, yeah. I uh,
0: and again that book I have the I printed off the the lessons. Right, I have that printed off. I'd love it if it was a poster. Like if someone would make a poster of the of the lessons, it would be up on my wall because it's, it's a brilliant book. If you've never read the book, and I highly recommend it because it's not. I mean, if you've read books like the One Minute Manager and things like, it's a parable, right? But I remember, and very few books have done this for me. There's there's I, I there's a lot of books that have impacted me. I mean, we and we're gonna talk about a few that you've. You've touched on, especially in the bonus episode, because I want to get into reading more in our bonus episode for members. But I remember listening to the ops to um, the the Go Giver, and there was a point where I knew where the story was going to go, and I knew what the I I knew it, but I was waiting for the confirmation. And you know probably what I'm talking about at this point, Aaron. I don't want to spoil it for people. And I'm sitting there and I'm doing dishes because I, I I I can tandem task dishes and 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 listening to a to a podcast or to a to a book. And I remember when the reveal happened and I just started to cry. Like, and it wasn't like, uh, you know, sad tears or anything like that. It was uh, like tears of validation of like, this is, you know, it, there was, some, th- again, that significance that this, and that book is, I went out and I went to 1-800-CEO reading about 10 copies and have gifted that book to like a bunch of different wow. people because it now doesn't Mike, do have you know, to, do you know, Bob? You know, I, I we exchanged, I don't know him well. Uh we've exchanged okay. we've we we know of each other and I've exchanged yeah. Twitter pleasantries with him, but that's about it.
1: I'll uh make an introduction and if you'd like to interview him, maybe try to make that happen for you. That would so, be great.
0: Yeah, because his yeah. he he is uh again, that book is so if you haven't read it, the go-giver, and there's 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 a I think he's got the go giver for salespeople as well and a couple, but the go-giver, the, the 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 initial one, just beautiful. Let's let's talk about when people are struggling with this idea of of doing like of putting a plan together, and I mean, when we talk about my my methodology, time crafting, I mean, there is a lot of like you know, I know what my month looks like. I know I can avoid the the shiny stuff. I, it makes it easier to say no when you've got frameworks in place, like you said, Aaron. But clarity, and you've talked about clarity in in a blog post. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. What what do you recommend people do to get into that state where they can have? these moments of clarity or these days, I have what I call a clarity day where I like literally clear the docks and, and, and take a day to get clear. Um, a lot of people struggle with this because they feel like life is just going, moving, and they don't take the time to slow down. Like you said, sit on the porch with your significant other, and go, what do we, how do we want to live? So when it comes to clarity, how do you help, like, how do you recommend, or what do you recommend people do to, to, you know, get clear and, and have more clarity so they can move forward with intention and attention?
1: Well, here's the thing, and I uh, wouldn't be fair to myself if I didn't mention this part. I've already mentioned it briefly in this interview, but as I said earlier, I'm a person of faith, and so for me, it's through prayer, it's through scripture reading, it's through the counsel of others, and so there's great wisdom in the counsel of the multitudes, and so that's the way I do. I pray, I read scripture, and I get the consensus of a group of people that I trust, so for me, that's the way I get great clarity. Here's the other thing. I don't know that you ever get great clarity to a point that you know, you know, that, you know, without a question, this is the right thing. There's always that question that comes up. Did I make the right move? And, you know, you ever been to a fork in the road and you get to the fork in the road and you're like, man, do I go left or go right? I could go either way. You can make either fork probably work if you're intentional. The thing is, is what happens is we get halfway down the left turn when we go that way and we go, would it been better the other way? We always plague ourselves with, could it have been better the other way? And I'll just be honest with you. I don't look back much. Very, very little. I said, that's why they make the rear view mirror small is because you can glance back occasionally just to make sure you're okay. But the windshield is huge. I want to look outward because I can't undo anything I've done even 30 minutes prior to this interview, right? That's over. It's done with. So I don't spend much time looking back at all. I learned lessons and I learn from the past, but I'm looking forward. What I can change is from today forward. A guy recently called me, he read my book and he said, man, I loved your book. Thank you so much. He said, but I've noticed something. This guy really helped me. His name's Kyle Lugnot and Kyle is in our community and I've never met him personally, but he interacts a lot with our community. And he said, I noticed that when you were 18 years old, he said that you were offered the opportunity to go in business with these guys and you jumped on it and you did it and you crushed it. And he said, you didn't have any other real options because you came from a very poor family and it was an opportunity that was given to you. He said, the challenge that I face today, he said, I'm 35 years old and there's so many opportunities out there now that the web offers us so many options. I don't know what to do. He said, so I don't do anything. I sit paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what you've got to do is, first of all, passion won't keep you there. Um, uh, determination grit can get you started, but if you don't identify the purpose in what you're doing, and I use this analogy oftentimes, if there were 200 story buildings and I put a plank across the top and said, Mike, I'll give you $10 to walk across this plank. And you're like, big, Hey, you're an idiot. There's no way I'm going to cross this a hundred stories in the air. But if I set that building on fire and I put your daughter on top of that building, no amount of money on earth would keep you from going across that plane because your purpose is grand, right? Mm -hmm. we've got to discover what your purpose is. See, my purpose is to help ordinary men become extraordinary. It's the thing that gets me up in the mornings. It's the thing I go to bed thinking about because I want to make a difference in other men's lives so they can be all that God called them to be the husband, the father, the businessman. I want to make them the best man they can. That's my purpose. Well, as a result of pouring myself into that, being an inch wide and a mile deep, the resources come because we have people joining our mastermind groups, joining our coaching program because of my purpose. If you haven't discovered your purpose, I would spend some time there to help you get clarity.
0: Aaron, this has been a fantastic discussion, and we're going to continue uh, talking about, especially I want to talk about tools and reading, but we're going to do that in our, in our bonus episode for members only. So, again, if you go to Productivityist.com slash membership, you can learn more about that. And if you're a member, well, you're going to get that bonus episode. But, Aaron, where can people pick up the book and learn more about you so that they can, you know, get to that view from the top?
1: Well, thank you, Mike. You can get, actually, the book anywhere. It's in the airports. It's in Amazon, Walmart, Target, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, it's viewfromthetop.com forward slash book. You can get it there. Uh, if you want to email me, Aaron at viewfromthetop, I'll send you an autograph copy. So, whatever how you want to get the book, grab the book and check it out. Hopefully, it'll be worth your time uh, and, and uh, the amount that it costs to read it. So, enjoy it. Great.
0: Aaron, thanks again so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Mike. So was it worth the wait? I think so. It was great to have Aaron on the show. Again, all of the stuff we discussed, there's going to be relevant show notes, uh, links in the show notes. So uh, check those out. And again, check out Aaron's stuff. Uh, really gracious man. I've had the chance to meet him on a, a several occasions. Most recently, uh, as you're listening to this, it would have been at the Tribe Conference in Nashville in uh, September of 2017. And it was it was just a really great experience. Um, so I'm looking forward to running into again personally in the not-too-distant future. And I, I want to thank uh, him for joining me. I want to thank John Polster for producing the show. As always. And I want to thank, as always, you, the listener, for joining me today and, and listening to Aaron and I talk about all the things we did. We covered a wide swath of things. And I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope to see you next week, too. This is uh, the host of the Productivities Podcast, Mike Vardy, and the founder of Productivityist, reminding you stop guessing and start going.